0: Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Quotes Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chahan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. Starting with an update on the farmers' protest. Farmers are back in action with a mass protest nearly two years after their previous protests in Delhi against the three farm laws. This time, mainly from Punjab, Haryana and Western Uttar Pradesh, they started marching towards Delhi today. In anticipation of another protest in Delhi, the police in Haryana and Delhi have tightened security and have sealed borders between Punjab and Haryana and Haryana and Delhi to prevent farmers from entering the capital. Their demands from the central government include measures they believe are necessary for the financial sustainability of farming. One of the key demands this time is a legal guarantee of minimum support price for all crops. In this regard, two PILs have been filed before the Punjab and Haryana High Court. One assails Haryana government's decision to seal its borders in order to prevent the agitators from entering the state and moving to Delhi, whereas the other PIL is against protesters stating that they have unauthorizedly blocked state and national highways. A division bench of Acting Chief Justice GS Sandhawalia and Justice Lapita Banerjee heard the matter today. The petitioner supporting the protest argued that fundamental rights ensure freedom to exercise liberty without censorship. However, recent events indicate that the government has hindered farmers' protest reportedly using tactics such as placing nails and electric wires on the roads. The case of Mazdoor Kisan Sangathan versus Union of India was cited to argue that Article 19 grants the right to assemble peacefully and legitimate dissent is a vital aspect of democracy. And by obstructing roads, the government is violating these fundamental rights. Advocate Arvind Seth, appearing in the second PIL against the protest, interjected and said that thousands of vehicles were heading towards Delhi, with concerns rising over the potential blockage of national highways. He emphasized that public inconvenience must be avoided, especially considering the difficulties faced by those needing to access hospitals, etc. He said, while the government has designated specific protest areas, protesters should not disrupt public life by demonstrating elsewhere. The Council for the Union Government submitted that Centre was open to negotiations so far as MSP was concerned. The bench called for an amicable settlement between the parties. It said that the protesters being citizens of India have a right to move around freely in the country. However, state government also has the duty to protect its citizens and ensure that no inconvenience is caused to them. The matter is now listed on Thursday, that is 15th February. Notices have been issued to centre and governments of Punjab, Haryana and Delhi and they have been granted time to file a status report. <clears throat> In the next important update, a bench of Justices Surya Kant and K.V. Vishwanathan today heard the Kerala government's prayer for interim relief in its suit filed against the Union of India on the issue of limits placed by the centre on the state's borrowing limits. These interim prayers have been filed challenging what the state perceives as encroachments on its financial autonomy by the central government. The bench today recommended that the Finance Secretary of Kerala engage in dialogue with the union finance minister to break the deadlock through negotiation. Attorney General R Venkataramani, after taking instructions, told the court that the central government was open to talks with the Kerala government. The state government has also agreed to send a delegation tomorrow to Delhi to conduct a dialogue with the representatives of the central government. The matter has been listed on Monday, 19th February for directions. Stay tuned. Last week, the Election Commission of India approved the Ajit Pawar faction as the official Nationalist Congress Party, granting them the right to use the clock symbol, which is reserved for the NCP faction. This decision came after the ECI considered and approved their application to use the symbol under Election Symbols Reservation and Allotment Order of 1968. In a fresh update, Sharad Pawar has now approached the Supreme Court challenging this decision. The ECI had used the test of legislative majority and noted that Ajit Pawar faction has the majority of legislatures. The commission noted that other tests, that is the test of aim and objectives and the test of organizational majority, were not conclusive in the case and hence the test of legislative majority was used. In view of the imminent Rajya Sabha elections for six seats from Maharashtra, the ECI had allowed Sharad Pawar faction to claim a new name for its political formation for the purposes of Rajya Sabha elections. You already know that the rift in the NCP emerged in July last year after a section led by Ajit Pawar and Praful Patel broke ranks with the then party supremo Sharad Pawar and joined hands with the BJP Shiv Sena Eknath Shinde alliance. In a swift development, Ajit Pawar was sworn in as the Deputy Chief Minister of the Maharashtra government. The Supreme Court has granted bail to Sadhanand Kadam, member of Shiv Sena Uddhav Balasaheb Thakre faction, in a money laundering case in connection with the construction of an allegedly illegal resort in the Ratnagiri district of Maharashtra. Kadam was arrested by the ED in March last year in connection with the offence punishable under PMLA. He approached the High Court after his bail application was rejected by the Special PMLA Court in October. The High Court also denied him bail, stating that it was prima facie evident that he was involved in activities connected to proceeds of crime and misrepresented it as clean property. Assailing this, he approached the Supreme Court. After hearing counsel for the parties, the bench comprising Justices Abhay S. Oak and Ujjal Bhuyan has now granted bail to Kadam. Accordingly, the court directed E.D. to produce him before the special court within a period of one week. Thereon, the special court shall enlarge him on bail on appropriate terms and conditions till the trial concludes. The Supreme Court today quashed the complaint of criminal defamation filed against former Deputy Chief Minister of Bihar, Tejasvi Yadav, over an alleged remark that only Gujaratis can be cheats made by him during a media address. The Bench of Justices Abhay S. Oak and Ujjal Bhuya was dealing with a transfer petition filed by Rashtriya Janata, the leader, seeking transfer of the criminal defamation complaint from Ahmedabad to Delhi or any other neutral venue. The background here is that Harish Mehta, who is the Vice President of All India Anti-Corruption and Crime Preventive Council for Gujarat, had filed a complaint against Yadav for criminal defamation. Last year in November, the Supreme Court issued a notice to Mehta and halted further proceedings. Later, Yadav told the Supreme Court in an affidavit that he had withdrawn the remarks made by him about Gujaratis. But objecting to the affidavit, Mehta had claimed that Yadav's withdrawal was not clear and that his comments had harmed the Gujarati community. Then the court instructed Yadav to submit a clearer withdrawal within a week. The bench reserved its decision on the case during the last hearing, and today the complaint has been quashed. And lastly, the Supreme Court Bench of Justices B.V. Nagratna and Augustine George Massey is set to consider the question whether a Muslim woman is entitled to maintain a petition under Section 125 of CRPC. This is in a plea filed by a Muslim man against the direction issued to him to pay maintenance to his wife. The case arose from a family court order in which petition was filed under section 125 CRPC by a Muslim woman and her husband was directed to pay interim maintenance of 20,000 rupees per month to her. This order was challenged before the High Court of Telangana on the basis that the parties got divorced as per personal laws in 2017. The High Court did not set aside the direction for interim maintenance and only reduced the quantum to be paid. Hence, the petitioner approached the Supreme Court pleading that a divorced Muslim woman is not entitled to maintain a petition under Section 125 of CRPC and has to proceed under the provisions of the Muslim Women Protection of Rights on Divorce Act, which restricts Muslim women's right to maintenance to 90 days after divorce, that is to Iddath period. After hearing initial submissions, the court appointed senior advocate Gaurav Agarwal to assist And has listed the matter for consideration on 19th February. Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share, and subscribe and support us. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.